Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm uh, one of three co-hosts in studio today. I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm co-host number two, Kevin Spence. And I'm co-host number three, Lucia Mish. And our guest today is David Lee. Hello, David. Hi. <laughs> nervous. <laughs> oh, well, you say it. It's your first time uh, doing a radio interview. It is. I don't know what you guys are going to ask me. Well, oh, we, we don't know we what we're going to ask you either. Yeah. So it's great. We're, we're, all we're, we're all in the dark here. We're all in the dark here. So but we'll, maybe we'll get uh, two questions after you uh, read us a poem, and that will inspire us um, with some uh, queries. Sure. Okay, let's we're gonna dive right into it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just, I'll start off with the title poem of my chapbook, Stubble Burn. Okay. Uh, okay, here we go. You wait for him over coffee because it is innocent so long as you keep adding sugar. Sorry I'm late. The last time he apologized, you turned yourself into an X. Keep it innocent. Keep it innocent. Don't stop adding sugar. Add sugar. Add sugar. Add sugar. Your mind wanders to how it felt to spend time in a room that has never really left you. You recall giving him too many sweat-laced secrets, and before you could lick them all back from his lips, you notice the glass of water hasn't fallen off the nightstand and onto the mattress, so maybe it's all going to be worth it. <laughs> so you take him in, his tongue kind between your thighs. You're so my type is lovely in the moment because that's just how romance works. But when he comes inside, you want to leave your body. Water spills onto the mattress. He drips out of you, drips, drips, drips. Doggy style, doggy breath. He compliments your amazing ass in the heat. He helps you finish with a bite here, here, there. I'm your rice queen, slips through his teeth and you swallow salty love. If cum splatters can be red like tea leaves, yours are shaped like black beetles. Your skin begins to crawl. His words hit you when he meant for them to kiss. He kisses your sweaty brow and moves down your neck. His stubble burns in a way you can't stand. A lump forms in your throat, and to stay calm, you focus on unsinking your breathing from his. You feel bigger than the skin that holds you, which he worships. Can we still have coffee tomorrow? You promise yourself that's all you will have with him from now on. So long as you keep conversation innocent, say only what you want. Not what you think you would like. Speak less sweetly, less sweet, less sweet. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Boom. Oh, it made me feel sad. It was like, oh, there's so much, uh, 
a, like a falling in love in a breakup poem all at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it moved, but it moves so poetically. Unsink your breath from his. Mm. Like these gorgeous lines that move us through that sadness. But mm. I think I, what I love about poetry is it deals with the darkest, saddest things, but with the language that just um, keeps it alive mm-hmm. and, and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is it? There's something about the, the my skin is too big to carry, or my. Uh, I think it's near the end. Um, I think that part. Well, um, feel bigger than the skin that holds you. Yeah, that, yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of that whole notion of being kind of objectified and fetishized, and you're more than kind of like what you look like and what, yeah, and what people see of you. I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had difficulty with that in most relationships that you've encountered? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it was. I think it was mainly just kind of shock that it it, it happens mm-hmm. kind of like that um really kind of shallow relationships and really kind of shallow attractions and oh like like flat out kind of like clearly people kind of would be into me because you know you know not lack of a better way to say it, it's like you know because they're into asians mm-hmm. and it feels really kind of gross to me to be honest um yeah and I, I mean, it doesn't bother me much nowadays because, like, that's kind of there. You know, that's that, that you're aware mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, now. I'm just more of aware it's of it, thing, and yeah. it's, it's, it's it exists. And I know, like, a lot of queer people of color, we 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 kind of really struggle with that, and kind of kind of like really trying to get people to understand that it kind of yeah, kind of hurts. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I was in a very different place when I was writing that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I really love the the like adding and taking away sugar as a mm. as a way to talk about that 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 thing that sounds familiar that is familiar to me of trying to control how much of this appealing sweetness I'm giving yeah. and how much I'm keeping for myself because um yeah with like being desired there's this line where it's really empowering uh-huh. and that line can get crossed and the Well power no definitely yeah so there's that strange like kind of power dynamics in relationships relationships like that where it's you're almost in on this pedestal, almost, where mm-hmm. you feel like it, from my experience. But then also, it's not a really fair kind of dynamic or fair, ba- fair balance, I find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pedestal's yeah. pretty shaky when mm-hmm. you actually, when Jenga. You actually Jenga. test it Jenga a little pedestal. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. for our listening audience who can't see the cover of the book, oh, yeah. I can't necessarily, yeah. there's kind of a, a, a visual yeah, so the book, hint of that there's a the book's the cover is completely white and there's just a black beetle mm-hmm. on the cover um, with the text double burn above it and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that line about the tea leaves the beetles yeah. do the beetles mm-hmm. do they recur in other poems is that an image that it's comes up a lot it's just that poem um, but the new poems I'm working on I find that I'm in- integrating some more kind of animal imagery and the beetles do show up in a couple of other poems um, that will be you know appearing later and do they have specific significance for you, beetles? Or? No, I actually no. hate beetles. <laughs> they're really gross. Well, that's a significance, I guess. Like, they're really disgusting. Um, so, yeah, I researched into beetles just to kind of, like, find out more. And it's just disgusting. I couldn't uh. look too much into them. <laughs> but, like, kind of the significance of reading, like, of tea leaves and beetles. Like, um, I remember asking a friend who actually is really kind of really well acquainted with, like, tea leaf, tea leaf reading. And just kind of con- confirm with her, like, okay, dude black beetles actually signal uh, mean what I'm reading here on the internet and like they, from my understanding of what I gathered was that when you see black beetles beetles in your tea leaves it kind of symbolizes um, 
problems and unrest kind of like at home in like intimate spaces I think mm. and I found I found that really kind of really fitting mm. to yeah. this kind of poem and yeah, the yeah. heebie-jeebies that we get with from insects, that mm-hmm. sense of, like, oh, something's yeah. under our skin. Yeah. It's super gross. Because it is. There's li- like, when you go, they get those super high-density microscopes, and they look inside your face. <laughs> like, we've got mites and, and bugs little... running Ew. all over us and through us <laughs> at this very moment. Right yeah. now, live yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Which yeah. exemplifies such a cool... microphones. It's such a cool thing about poetry, right, that we don't need to know that that's, yeah. that's part of the symbology. Or, like, mm. we don't need to know that that symbol has that meaning in divination of tea leaves to get that feeling when you say that mm-hmm. that your tea leaves would be black beetles that was like I, I felt that that was conveyed yeah didn't have to google it because you did the work for us mm-hmm. thank you yeah. <laughs> and was that the title poem yeah so that was the title okay. poem was double burn yeah so yeah uh, who? Let's quickly talk. Who's the press? Oh, so then, the uh, publisher of Stubbleburn is a small um, chapbook publisher in Toronto called Anne Struther Press. Mm-hmm. Curated uh, publisher is Jim Johnstone. So Anne Struther Press, yeah, they put out really amazing chapbooks. And like, <laughs> I, if you get, get a chance to go online, look at their just look at their covers. <laughs> like, gets a really good sense of what's in them. Um, so yeah, Jim Johnstone was one that published me with, and it was edited by Daniel Scott Tisdale. Who believe teaches that? Oh, he's he's a really interesting yeah. guy. Um, Faux occasional poems is a very yeah. funny collection of yeah. faux occasions, and that he writes these poems for <laughs> that are completely <laughs> yeah. absurd. So he was the editor with me on Stubbler, and it was really fun working with uh-huh. him and whittling down which poems to put in <coughs> and to exclude. Yeah, but it was really great. How did you connect with them? So, well, I think with like uh, any other writer out there, um, I sent I sent out my manuscript couple years ago um, to a bunch of chapbook publishers um, at the time and through their press on their website said we're not taking any submissions I sent it anyways <laughs> like, Good. Like, here you go and then luckily within a couple of days Jim Johnstone he got back to me and wanted to publish me and then paired me up with Daniel for editing and but a boom! Cool. It was born. Yeah. Excellent lesson. Yeah. Never pay attention to what they say on the Yeah, website. don't listen to submission guidelines. Just send it up. <laughs> um, let's get another poem from you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna leave Stubbleburn. Okay. For now, a moment. Um, and we'll read some new ones that I've been working on. Uh, let me. Okay. So let's. I'm gonna read one that's set in Vancouver. Oh, I was going to say, too, I, did, I know nothing came up there, but if you have anything with uh, an F-bomb in it, uh, just say F. I got it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> what about... Shit and yeah. damn and bomb, that's all right. I can say shit? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Oh, I just did. Yeah, twice. Okay. This one's called um, Granville and West Georgia. A stroll through downtown Vancouver, working out a poem that's been gestating for weeks. Pigeons congregate clucking, pecking at breadcrumbs, bits of plastic around a hot dog stand by the dilapidated London drugs. People weave through the flock, but no birds take wing, too preoccupied with picking up and dropping litter from their beaks, hopscotching across dried speckles of their own shit. I want the poem to have your name in it, but still keep myself far from memories of us so that thinking about you can't choke me up anymore. I'll write you into a line or two without making me the victim of my own imagination. Thomas, a couple steps forward. William, Henry. There's more pigeon shit under my toms than I realize. Zachary, Lucas, Eric. Every time a new pseudonym comes to mind, David, 
A bird flies off, searching for somewhere better and doesn't return. <laughs> What a fascinating framing with the dilapidated London drugs and the pigeons. And you know the one? That's the wild yeah, that, <laughs> that intersection comes so clearly, clearly to mind. There's a funny story about that one because it's... <laughs> so the poem's called Gramble in West Georgia. Yeah. But So when I write poems, it's usually about seven or ten drafts before I'm sort of happy. <laughs> so for like the first nine drafts, this was called Gramble in East Georgia, uh-huh. which doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's because I sent this poem into a contest, and I had to, like, quickly panic. Like, oh, my God, you know, East Georgia isn't a street. We can't, and when Granville isn't an intersection, we can't do right. that. Yeah, but, and then, because I realized it because I was taking a stroll down Vancouver after the poem was written, I stood at that intersection, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, my God, this is West Georgia, not East Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. the idea of a poem happening at, a, at an imaginary intersection. Yeah, though. people said that to me, too, but I just have this thing where I just, I know no one's, like, gonna fact check it or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> For my own kind of sanity and... Ease of mind. I like mm-hmm. to get things right. Could be like a faux yeah. location. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have a whole faux yeah. location yeah. series yeah. of poems. Yeah. But that intersection is just so like, I don't know, like memorable to me. Like it's 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 a very I, don't, I think it holds a lot of meanings to me. That intersection for some reason, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happens around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a hub. It is. Yeah. And the pigeons, there's there's hundreds of pigeons it's there so all the time, and yeah, and there's kids. Like, I I work right around that corner, and. And uh, there's little kids running into the pigeons all the time, mm-hmm. scaring them and flying away. And then there's there's uh, you know homeless people feeding the pigeons, and then yeah. there those things are intersecting, and it's quite a wild corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember parking my bike there once and coming back, and it was just covered in pigeons. Yeah. Who I think we're trying to figure out how to operate it <laughs> and steal it. That's why most of the bike theft in Vancouver is pigeon related. Pigeon thefts. Yeah. Little known fact. Pigeon yeah. gangs. Mm. Yeah. One of them threw into my face the other week. Oh, oh Lord. It was pretty gross. At uh, that corner? Yeah. Mm. So is the, I have a question gross. about the, the poem. Is, yes. Is the story of being at that intersection and considering this poem um, about someone or someone's, is that how the poem came to be in reality or did the two come together later? Uh, hmm. Or is it a secret? <laughs> I don't know. It's like I could. It's not a secret, but it's just like it. It only. Ha- it didn't really happen, kind of like that intensely. I remember just being on that intersection, thinking about writing a poem about someone, mm-hmm. and not really knowing how. So I think the poem kind of started as kind of like a free write. On how I can't write a poem mm. about someone that I wanted to. So, I am I answering your question? Yeah, like, yeah, I'd say so, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and again, like that introduction just has a lot of um, imagery that is kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. easy for me to write about. I think mm-hmm. to tie it to something real and people living in Vancouver would know that mm-hmm. introduction. Right on. I like how the names snuck <laughs> snuck in there. <laughs> Because yeah. um, there was a feeling, for me anyway, a little bit, that it was going to happen, but there was this pressure building up, like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Mm. And then it, the first name comes through, and then there's a bit of a release, and then, oh, my God, there's another name and another name. And, and I just really loved the way you threw them in there in between the descriptions of the, of the area, of the mm-hmm. corner. Oh, yeah. And it seemed like uh, footsteps. Or each yeah. name oh, was a cool. step mm-hmm. through this space, oh, I never which about that way. fits so perfectly when you think of how generative walking is, or mm-hmm. it, at least for me, it feels yeah. like a really creative space, moving and moving through. Well, yeah, the it's city. like the, it's the yeah the act of like walking and yeah. thinking and that kind of experience of letting your mind wander while you're walking down the street and 
Yeah. Yeah. The German filmmaker Werner Herzog, he loves walking. <laughs> oh my After gosh. filmmaking, it is walking that he loves. That's walking. a really good Herzog. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought I'd bring Herzog well, as our fourth co-host. <laughs> and every week in spirit, yeah. Yeah, and there was that also the opportunity to have the wonderful play on Tom's, like Tom's the shoes and Tom the name. The shit. Was that intentional? That was... Super intentional. Yeah. Well, it was fantastic. I'm so glad that came across. That was very intentional. Yeah. And then it wraps around to, to your name is the last one, too. Mm -hmm. That was intentional. You know what your that name was, is. Yeah. <laughs> I put my name in there. Yeah. Just, yeah. The other names were uh, yeah, mm -hmm. sort of made up. <laughs> How long have you been writing poetry, David? Uh, so, okay, writing poetry? Yeah. I would, I think... Uh, I'm trying to think here. I think three or four years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, three wow. or four years. And what got you started? On <laughs> sort of like, so what? I, I've know. I've always wanted to go and like be a write, a, be a writer, <laughs> or like work with books, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I remember. Now remember, I did um, a creative writing certificate program, not the writer studio, but the creating writer certificate program at SFU. Oh, okay. And I took all fiction courses complete all fiction courses until I needed one more class to complete the program and the only one was offered was poetry <laughs> and at the time like up until then I just didn't like I don't like didn't like poetry mm -hmm. just because the way it was taught to me I think and mm -hmm. it, I don't want to read old stuff that was written in God knows why yeah. <laughs> it's just not accessible and not like I don't relate to it um, but that one poetry class I think it was with um, uh, Anash Irani yeah, it was like a survey class, but poetry was a heavy, heavy element in it. And yeah, we were reading poems that were really contemporary and like, oh my God, I get this stuff. And poetry can be just like, not what I was taught it was, <laughs> right? Um, and then I started playing around, and of course, you know, playing around writing my own stuff. And yeah, it kind of went on from there. And then um, I went to grad school and then kind of to take a break from that grad, heavy grad school work, I started writing smaller poems and started posting them, posting them on Instagram. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just to kind of do something creative on the side and then just kind of never really stopped with that. And then all those kind of tiny poems just kept building up. And before long, not before long, Instagram kind of became too small of a platform for the length of the poems I wanted to write. And I didn't find it. It's great to read poetry as we all know Instagram and poetry but for the, the getting to the meteor stuff of what I wanted to write I need more space mm -hmm. just yeah visually so I want to write longer poems and yeah and I think I like poetry now I think <laughs> uh, it can be a contentious relationship yeah, for a long time yeah, maybe forever yeah, I hear yeah. that yeah. <laughs> what do you think of all this uh, Instagram poetry and Facebook I like great. that social media stuff what do, you, what do you like about like it it's, I think it's cool because um, it's showing poetry to people who wouldn't necessarily read poetry in an, uh, you know in other in ways that yeah like of course like the mind that comes, the word name that comes to mind of course like Ruby Core and yeah. Atticus and all those people and yeah it's it's making like poetry like cool and trendy again I guess but, <laughs> but I do think it's as as great as it is to introduce people to poetry um, especially like teenagers and stuff like that I think but I still think it is still very limited and you can't really get 
I mean, I mean, it's a little yeah. bite-sized. Bite-sized, yeah. 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 Well, and it's not cool enough to have a category yet at Chapters Indigo. Like, they don't have a poetry well, they, section anymore. Well, it's really? letters, essays. Arts and, and letters. Arts and letters. Arts and letters. That's right. Letters. So it's, it's arts and letters with a whole shelf for Instagram poets. Yeah, there is. <laughs> really? The yeah. one at uh, Granville and uh, West Broadway, there's a whole yeah. section. It's oh. all, mm-hmm. like, right bloody and uh, Instagram poets. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the one downtown. But. But. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's kind of now a, a gap. There's the poetry that, that you're talking about that we learn in school that's, yeah, sort of... Um, the canon. The canon, and it, it's long and, and irrelevant, potentially, like, irrelevant to our lives, yeah. and we're taught that it's this thing that uh, you mm-hmm. approach with a sort of translation yeah. um, attitude where you're like, it means we have to uncode it and figure out what mm-hmm. it means. And then there's... Uh, the, the kind of accessibility that the little bite-sized Instagram poems yeah. offer, and there's this in-between space, which it yeah. sounds like is where you've moved to since writing poems for Instagram that is still, yeah, not getting as much airtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you getting much reaction to your Instagram posts? No, yeah, people are, my friends like them. <laughs> <laughs> but was it something that you were trying to push as, like, okay, I'm going to be recognized as an no, Instagram post? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I'm just maybe more traditional in that sense. Like, uh-huh. I just don't. Yeah. And are you still writing want... fiction? Mostly, or yeah, um, that's a funny question. I've been thinking about it because just writing a lot of poetry lately, and like, I just I think I tell myself this like over and over again, but it's never true. I like finished the manuscript uh-huh. and I left it, but I still jump in it sometimes. But like, I am thinking about. I have some stuff that I would like to write into shorter fiction mm. like yeah it's stuff that's a bit too big to put in a poem mm. yeah for me at least yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and do you sub- submit a lot of stuff like you finish it up oh, I'm going to mail it off to this thing uh, and it what do you do with it when you're finished <laughs> um, I keep it <laughs> I show my friends yeah. uh, I submit I don't know like on a regular basis mm-hmm. do you go to a lot of open mics and read and stuff or uh, I think so. This year was not this year. Last year was really great. Yeah, yeah. I went to Victoria Pride and read there. Oh, nice. uh, I went to Toronto and read to launch my chapbook. In small you read readings. at Massey Books. I read at Massey. I'm like a regular at Massey Books now. Patricia, Patricia oh. knows me there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah read at Massey nice. Books and whenever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you've got a full book of poetry coming yeah. out this year. Next year. Next year. People think it's this year. I wish it was this year. Uh-huh. But it's not done yet. Right. Well, it's done, but I start editing in April. In April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by this time next year, it will be like the last days before it releases, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's coming out. Nice. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, what's that going to be out on? What so place? that one, uh, that one's called Mythical Man. It's going to be like, oh my gosh. Ugh. Did you find it easier to write poetry than to, like, talk about it? Uh, yeah. Well, right? sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I just talk and talk and talk and talk, and then when I sit down to write about the things I'm talking about, I can't do it at all. But often, often it's the other way around. It's yeah. so hard when people ask me, like, what do you write in your poetry? <laughs> well, nobody's watching you while you write the poetry, usually, whereas the person who just asked you is sitting there being like, that's yeah. the question. Can so, I ask an out-of-left-field question yeah. for you about that book? Would you rather have it turned into an album by your favorite musician or have it painted? What? Um, um, on a, as a mural across whatever, um, well, across London Drugs. Okay, um, that's an interesting question. I think the only person who could turn my book into an album would be Lana Del Rey. Oh. Mm. 
That's very telling about the book. I <laughs> Thank like you. I, I feel like that's a, that should be a blurb. Yeah. Oh. yeah really. oh my god can you imagine if she blurred oh my god you should email her right now yeah. Yeah. but the book is basically just revolving around um, kind of ideas of masculinity and what from my experience of what it, what I've kind of, been, kind of been taught or picked up on what it is and what it can be mm-hmm. and kind of breaking kind of like yeah traditional kind of perceptions of masculinity and then so there's like poems about so at, I mean at its heart it's I would say gay romance poetry with like the odd no they were like you know with the sexy one here and there Mm -hmm. but it you know asks question like you know what what is a man and like when you start picking them apart that what what can it do to you and yeah what do men mean to each other Mm -hmm. in different spaces kind of thing Mm -hmm. and how we treat each other Yeah, this is my first time talking about like yeah. what the book is about. Well, I was just thinking, what, do you, what is your idea around what it, what that mythical man would be? Is that like an well, ideal yeah, to achieve? Well, to there is not? that. There's a kind of like ideal of what I <laughs> ideal or that kind of idea of what I think a man is, and there's also that idea of I fool myself into what thinking a man is and what that does and how that shapes me and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, so poems the book's called you know mythical man of course and like that already implies that the mythologies around masculinity and you know how do we break those mythologies and yeah mm. so there's like poems in the book there's multiple poems in the book called mythical man and they're each kind of like a different a different look at masculinity so there's like a poem about um falling in love with someone and kind of changing yourself completely to what they believe you to be mm. and mm-hmm. you know be mad and there's a poem with a drag queen in it and yeah, so it's going to be... It's fun. Do you have any of those with you on your phone? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I haven't shared any of the Mythical Man poems. Okay. Um, the ones ca- called Mythical Man, yeah, I mean, yeah, but there yeah. are poems like... Yeah, that could yeah. be in the book. Well, we're almost out of time, so if you've got another uh, oh, sure. short one, that'd be great to uh, okay. jump into and wrap us up. You're listening to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, and our guest today is David Lee. Okay, this one's fun. I think it's fine. (laughs) It's called Walking Together at the End of the World. So, Walking together at the end of the world and calling you mine will be like naming the cosmic phenomenon no one thought to look for in Scorpius, a burst of bronze and turquoise light at the tip of its stinger that sparks the reversal of the poles scientists anticipated for so long. We traverse hand in hand across frozen seas that have engulfed metropolises built to withstand the apocalypse. The ice beneath our feet glows with pulsating orange hues, twinkling twinkling pink and teal freckles on translucent skin of a skyscraper-sized cuttlefish composing a luminous symphony that that peaks at a crescendo of blinding white light. After rubbing my eyes, the frozen silence is still in sight along with a single black eyelash in my palm. Mm -hmm. You insist that I must make a wish before we can move on. Just as I am about to mutter the words, a breeze twirls the eyelash off my skin and it dances through the air, lengthens into a black and smoky tendril that splits into writhing tentacles which begin to cradle my frostbitten face until they mold into hands with a mercurial shine. An orchestra of voices, harmonized tones of boys and men, all familiar and not. To what end are you imagining, David? Wow. Oh, epic vastness in an eyelash. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one was fun to write. Shimmery. Yeah. Sparkly. Sparkly. Glimmery. Skyscraper-sized cuttlefish. Wouldn't that yeah. be terrifying? Oh, so scary, but so I, beautiful, yeah. changing colors. and like, mm-hmm. I have a really strange fascination with cephalopods, like octopuses and oh, yeah. cuttlefish and squid, and I really wanted to put one in a poem, so I made it big. <laughs> <laughs> I made it super big. <laughs> to cover all the bases. Now you have a giant cephalopod, so you have all the cephalopods. Oh, I would love need. a giant cephalopod. It would be pretty great, yeah. Oh, man. Killer last line in that poem as well. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I that love one, a sparkly apocalypse. Yeah, that one was about kind of me dealing with how intensely my imagination can be how intense it can be and how it really <laughs> sends me through really bad times sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> just like mm-hmm. I don't know we all have we all have our imagination but like what you kind of imagine like the what if scenarios and whatnot and how they can really send you over the edge and yeah it's want to write about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well well done <laughs> thank yeah. you it made me think metro- metropolises would you have a metropoli would that be a don't say that. Now I really got to... <laughs> they have to go back. Would you? I don't know. I, I just no made idea. me think. Yeah. Instead of mooses, it's mice and like metropolises. I think it's metropolises. No, you're probably well, right. Wrong now. I'm I just, know. No, I'm just thinking that that would Kevin's be a Googling way to do it. Right now. <laughs> no. I don't no. know if that's accurate. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, I'm that's what it. I wanted to hear was metropoli mm. rather than oh. metropoli. I'm not saying that's what it is. I should just get it. with everyone sounds better. You're a poet. You can do whatever you want with the words. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, arts and letters, you know. So, are, are you yeah. reading anywhere soon? We're going to wrap up here. Are you um, so, publicly? Uh, publicly, I will be participating in the Growing Room Festival. Oh, great. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll be part of the event called So You Think You Can Slam. I don't, I don't know. Can I? I don't know. We shall see. Nice, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think that's happening. Oh, my God. March. 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 Yeah. how confrontational that, yeah. the title of that event is. So yeah, it's so comforting. It's very yeah. like, sassy. So, so yeah, I don't know. Can I? So yeah, you think you can slam Canada? Right on. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out. What, I'm sorry. When did he say that was? In March? Yeah, March. It's the middle of March. It March. starts. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. it starts March. 14th. The yeah. full program will be released um, January fifteenth. So, yeah, good. That's, that's well, thanks for being our guest. Uh, if people oh, want to get a hold of you and you want them to get a hold of you uh, online, where should they? How and where should like they do that? Tweet me a gif of Michael Fassbender on Twitter. <laughs> uh, my handle is D L Y L Y L Y. I am found on Twitter there. Sweet. Right on. So David Lee is L Y for anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Lee Lie. If people are struggling, I figure they're talking about me. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always yeah. with love. Right. right. Um, well, oh, thank you for yeah, being our guest today. Yeah, I hope you get lots of lots of fast bender gifts out of this. <gasps> I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Sweet. A um, mural of fast bind, maybe. That's yeah. Just too oh, down on the London drugs. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, I'm R.C. Weslowski. I'm Kevin Spence. And, and I'm Lucia Mish. And you're featuring Monday at the Slam, are you not? Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah, it's all that. Oh, yeah. So they think you can slam, and you'll yeah. be there. Huh? <laughs> right on. Cool. That's right. Thanks, R.C. So uh, that's us, and no apologies necessary is coming. Oh, yeah, by the oh. way, if you want to catch this uh, in repeat, if you're just joining us now, you can listen online at the radio station, coopradio.org, and it will eventually also be a free podcast for download on iTunes. So check out Wax Poetic there. Uh, no apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?